you know, if I look back two years ago, I am not the same person I was two years ago. If yeah. I look back six months ago, I'm not the person I was six months ago. I think we, if we are uh, doing the deep work, we are constantly evolving. Uh, it never ends. That's what I'm saying. Like it never ends, you know, and I even have people say to me, Catherine, why is my shit coming up? And I'm like, because your unconscious mind is saying you're ready to deal with it. Your unconscious mind will never release anything unless you are ready and you have the resources to work through it. Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where today I'm joined by transformational coach, Catherine Plano, who is an international executive coach and founder of Rise and Thrive Global. We'll take a deep dive today into changing your mind, reinventing yourself, and becoming the leader and human being that you want to be. So Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Max, for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm super excited to have you, and I would love to start out with your own personal transformational journey as really a segue into this art of reinventing yourself. Yeah. So can you take us back for a moment to, you know, decades ago, living in the, the Big Apple and how does this moment of sort of a personal crisis actually forced you to really reinvent yourself? Mm. So let me begin, Max. The journey never ends. It's never over. So the transformation piece is, is, is uh, constant. And uh, I was just speaking to someone the other day that I do journaling every single day. I do my morning pages and the insights of uh, the stuff that keeps coming up. And I sometimes I sit there and go, really? Come on, Catherine. You've been doing this for 26 years. You've still got stuff. The thing is, it'll always come up. So I think that that time in New York, my, um, let's call it my episode, um, I, um, what created the episode, which I am so grateful for, um, was, and I'm sure that anyone that has either their own business or is an entrepreneur will understand that sometimes when we do what we love, it never feels like we work in a day, uh, a day in our life. And so what we do is just keep pushing, 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 pushing. And my body and anybody with a body can only take so much. And I had a pretty much breakdown. And what that did, it taught me, um, a, a big lesson. Um, so when I came, uh, back to Melbourne after that episode in New York, uh, I literally was bound uh, at home for about 12 months because of these ongoing, and they were panic attacks, which I've never experienced before. And so really I experienced burnout to the max. But what it did do is allow me to invest time with self and really go within. And this is how my book came to life, is getting to the heart of the matter, because I did and had to do all the deep work. I knew that I created what um, was present in my life at the time. And I knew that if I created what was present, I was also able to change it. Um, but mind you, I went through lots of healing and natural therapies. I did everything. But it wasn't until I did the deep work that I was able to shift. So the transformation is ongoing. Um, and the 18 months, probably the 18, the last 18 to 18 months to two years, I've been doing even more deep work. I've been really getting into the shadow work, which is the stuff that is hidden uh, beneath that deeper part of our unconscious mind. And I still have these amazing limiting beliefs that pop up, pop their little head up. And so what I am really practicing and I'm saying practicing because it's easy for us to fall into that, those unconscious patterns, practicing to be conscious as much as possible, which is to be present with your thoughts and your feelings on a daily basis. I hope that answers your question. Yes, you know, I, I love the story so much. And to me, it really highlights this point that, like you say, reinvention is really an ongoing process that none of us can escape from it. Right? Because if we don't engage in it on a continuous basis, right? if we don't wake up, wake up and you know, like you do our morning pages and our reflection and our being present, then at some point that crisis is going to hit us. Right? It's going to be a struggle, a, a personal trauma maybe that, that forces us really to reinvent ourselves. Mm. Or on the other hand, we can really use this sort of joyfulness right? and the, the, the excitement of wanting to get better to also reinvent ourselves. Yeah. So I love this more proactive approach of deliberately really, really 
designing and creating your life then and it is it is a design i mean you're constantly reinventing yourself you know if i look back two years ago i am not the same person i was two years ago if i look back six months ago i'm not the person i was six months ago i think we if we are uh doing the deep work we are constantly evolving uh it never ends that's why i'm saying like it never ends you know and i even have people say to me catherine why is my shit coming up? And I'm like, because your unconscious mind is saying you're ready to deal with it. Your unconscious mind will never release anything unless you are ready and you have the resources to work through it, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. So there's this quote I absolutely love, and I also saw it on your website, so I have to bring it up here, which is, love isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. I think this is such a huge key point, right? Because so many people are waiting, right? They're walking around aimlessly, sort of waiting for that lucky star to just hit them and be like, hey, this is what you're going to look like, right? But now, like, this is their big revelation. But it really is that internal deep work of of looking at your unconscious beliefs. And we're going to talk about that later, right? Um, And really doing all of these deep things that is going to allow you to create yourself in a new way. Yeah. And it is important for you to focus on how do you live your, uh, create your life because, and we've all been through these, these are called development phases. And so when you look at our development phases from the time we were born right up to the age of seven, this is called our imprinting phase. So basically anything that you have experienced at that time. So um, anything that you watched on TV, anything that you read, uh, parenting programming, anything you experienced at school with siblings, whatever that may be you uh, downloaded that information as your reality, okay? And this is where your core beliefs sit. You know, these, this is, your beliefs is, is very much about what is true to you, okay? Then the second part of our development phase is from the age of seven to 14. And in this phase, it's called modeling. And what starts happening is we start moving out of the unconscious into the subconscious and more so start looking at, What is my identity? Who am I? And this is where we start seeking external of ourselves and start looking at who do I want to be? Who who inspires me? Who uh, um, do I aspire to be? And so quite often we seek external and it might be a teacher, it might be a parent, it might be a friend at school, it it might even be a superhero or whatever that may be. And what we do, that's why it's called modeling, we actually act like them, we dress like them, we talk like them. So you can see that all of these have a massive impact. And then the next stage is what we call our socialization stage from the age of 14 to 21. And this is what we call our rebellious years. This is when we reject the nest and go forth and say, where do I belong in society? So we follow things like social media, we follow social aspects, social groups, and we are very, very driven by those. So you can see that our life at the start, and I do a piece on what's your story, when we really unpack every seven years, you can see that a lot of stuff has been imposed on us. And some of these beliefs that we hold true today no longer serve us, but yet we don't know this. And so because the unconscious mind, and they reside in that deeper part of our unconscious mind, that unconscious mind is constantly running anything between 95 and 98% of the day. So we are reliving all of these limiting beliefs and these fears that they don't even belong to us. So once we we become more aware of what's holding us back, these limiting beliefs or these fears, we can start reinventing ourselves and recreating our life that we want. You know, this is, this is so hugely important, right? Because most of us aren't even aware of the fact that we're guided by, by the unconscious mind most of our days, right? Yeah. We think we're these like logical, rational creatures that make these choices deliberately, but the fact is we're not. And so becoming aware of this is, is really the key step to, to change them. Mm-hmm. So what does that process look like then? You know, one people all but understand like, hey, I have some limiting beliefs. I have some unconscious patterns of behavior, maybe of feeling, maybe of thinking that uh, they're really holding me back. Mm-hmm. What does that process of sort of uncovering those layers look like? For yeah, you? Max, most people don't even think about it. Max, um, uh, the, the, the thing is, when you talk about what's the process, I would say 90% to 
95% of people actually don't even know that exists until they maybe come and do a class or they read something. They don't even realize that they actually have these core beliefs that are running their life because this is how we make decisions. Our beliefs are so deeply ingrained into us. They're they're absolute, they're uh, flexible, there can be generalizing statements. And it's when you hear people say, I, I, when people go, oh, I am, whatever that may be. So it could be that some of these limiting beliefs and some of these common limiting beliefs is I am not good enough. I am not smart enough. I am not worthy. Whatever that is sentenced to, I am, think about whatever that is. And I think that once you can become more conscious And listen to that internal dialogue. I always say to people, listen to the words that you speak. This will give you a clue as to what is going on at that deeper unconscious level. It's not not that people will straight out say, I'm not good enough because I don't even think that or I'm not smart enough. It's when we start looking at what are your belief system. And belief system is, like I said, it's what is true. Very different to values. People get them mixed up. Values is what I think the things that are important to you okay so it depends like you can look at any area of your life it could be relationship money career business whatever that may be and when you can identify what is important to you about relationships that's your values your values is what we focus on we don't focus on beliefs we don't focus yet they are the 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 drivers of our emotions they are how we make decisions So like the beliefs sit here, the values sit here. So a lot of people just focus on what is important to them. But what can happen is this internal conflict. So this is where, you know, a lot of people will say, let's say when we look at somebody's timeline, you can see that sometimes they have these repeating patterns. And we do that. We do this with what's this story exercise. What are these repeating patterns? So from the age of zero to seven, what was the kind of like, the theme of your life then, then from 7 to 14, we go all the way up. And so we start seeing these patterns and these repeating patterns give us a clue as to what is holding us back. So the deep work starts with understanding these um, internal narratives that most of the time have no evidence but hold us back. And these, when we're talking narratives, these limiting beliefs, these doubts, these fears, they act as invisible walls. So for example, if somebody believes, um, and I'm just trying to think of one, if I believe, let's say I believe I'm not smart enough, okay? And then, which was one one of my beliefs, by the way, Max, so it's easy for me to say that, I'm not smart enough. Therefore, and then let's say I value connection with people. Because I think that I'm not smart enough, when I am around individuals that I think are either a CEO, a doctor, or whatever that may be, or more intelligent than me, it will stop me doing the very thing I need to do, like connect with them or have a conversation with them. Or, you know, for some others, it might be asking them for a pay rise, asking them to support them in a project. So you can see that sometimes our beliefs and values do not Uh, connect they don't work together so this is when we talk about the deep work we have to remove the values of what is important to you and get into some of those statements what are those I am statements you know and sometimes these statements could be I could hear even when somebody goes oh this is easy now the same task another person will say this is hard so I, I love to go well what makes it so hard so just listening to people's language will give you a clue as to whether they have these beliefs that I, they're supporting them or holding them back. You know, I, I love this so much. And I think the way you explain it, everybody can understand that the vast amount of real life applications it has, that way you have this one tiny little belief of I'm stupid, right? Or I'm not smart enough. And all of a sudden, there's so many different aspects of your life that are going to be affected, right? It's going to be at work where you don't want to ask for the pay rate. It's going to be in your social relationships where you think, I can't be friends with them because they're so much higher than I am, right? It's going to be in so many different levels where this one tiny belief will, will really restrict and, and limit you then. Yeah. So I'm super curious, like, where do you sort of, 
draw the line or how do you define really um, limiting beliefs? Do you see it in the sense of anything that's just sort of negative and holds me back from yep. a goal? Um, yeah, a limiting belief is things like, um, and a limiting belief could be, and they very much go hand in hand with fear. So limiting belief does have, um, you know, they're like best friends, fear and limiting beliefs. So let, let's play out, you know, with some of the limiting beliefs that I was talking about. I'm not good enough uh, or I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy, whatever I am, whatever the, the you, however you want to finish your sentence. But fear uh, is that, let's say, fear of success, okay? And then you go, what's the fear of success? Well, I'm not smart enough. Now, I, I'm relating to this to me because when I came to Australia from France, I didn't know how to speak the language. So I had to go to migrant English school and a school to learn how to speak English before I was allowed to go to school. And so oh, yeah. you can see that I remember speaking up and doing our show and tell at school. The kids used to laugh at me because I had an accent. And kids are, you know, kids are cruel. You know, they'll teach you a word and say, this is what it means. But really, it's not what it meant. So when I was yeah. using these words that um, were not, you know, not their true meanings. I'd get in trouble yeah. all the time. And so for me, just the fact that um, this was taking place, somewhere in my my timeline, my unconscious mind said, Catherine, I will hold you back from ever feeling that way again. And thus what happens is that then I have this fear of success. And for me, it was what was what will happen if I'm successful? Well, it means that I will be in the light. People will be able to see me. People will um, be able to hear me. I will have a voice. But then what happened, Catherine, when you did that, you know, so many years ago? And it's like I was ridiculed. I was made fun of. So you can see that when we look at some of the things that uh, have happened over time, that some of the, a lot of the stuff, right, and I say fear is false evidence appearing real it has no substance unless you've got evidence to back it up and I'll always say what's the evidence to back it up I can go back in my timeline well when I was seven and this is a narrative that plays on and then I'll just say but do you think that it holds true and value to this day and it doesn't but it's not till we do that deep unconscious work that we realize a lot of the stuff whether it's doubt, fear, or these limiting beliefs, are actually holding us back or stopping us doing the very thing that we need to do as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as a even even um, in relationships. I see a lot of people hold themselves back from love because of a story that lives here because they had their heart broken. Now it's the meaning we give it. I always say, well, your your heart cracked open, and what did you learn from it? And it's expanded. And they're like, well, I never looked at it that way. But, you know, it's it's the meaning we give every scenario and where we can go back into that timeline and drop into wherever these limiting beliefs live or these fears and give it a different meaning. It's like the gestalt theory. It's like if I always use it as an example, as a pearl necklace, once you shine light on the fear or limiting belief, it holds no more power over you because you're bringing it to the consciousness, right? And so what happens if you cut a pearl necklaces, a necklace, I should say, it just it just falls, all the beads go everywhere. Well, that's what happens with belief system, with limiting belief systems, doubts, fears, or whatever resides in that deeper part of your unconscious mind. You know, I, I love this aspect of, of really shining a light on your, your biggest fears and, and your biggest challenges, right? I always think of it as like, you know, when you're like a child and you're sleeping in bed, right? You're trying to sleep and you see this like giant shadow of a monster on the wall, right? And you're so scared of that monster going to attack you, right? And you switch on finally the light and you realize it was just like a cat playing there, right? Or like one of your favorite toads sort of showing that shadow on the world. And that's, that's really what it is, right? Yeah. The moment you, you shine that light on it, it disappears because you realize how stupid it really is sometimes yeah. to, to, you know, keep living your life based on a belief that you've was formed when you're like six years old yeah um and i think it is it is so powerful then to to really do this process and, and go through these phases and really try to understand really why what's really holding me back right now and yeah why is that actually yeah 
And I think once you bring light to them, the way that you can, you can change your limiting beliefs. So once you bring light to those limiting beliefs, you can actually change your limiting beliefs and you can program your brain to take on those limiting beliefs. Because when you, uh, sorry, powerful, empowering beliefs and let go of the limiting beliefs, because once you bring light to them, you realize they either there's no evidence, they hold no value. And we even go into like, what has the, if I was to give it a voice, where does your voice come from? And they go, oh my God, it's the voice of my mom or my dad. Okay, and then we'll just say, so what, what, and so give it a voice. And so what we start doing is externalizing this limiting belief. I always say, give it a name, uh, you know, because it is, it, if you can give it a name, your limiting belief, it actually separates you from greater self to uh, false self. Okay. And so when you can do that, you can start um, hearing the voice as well. You can start feeling that this limiting belief, it doesn't belong to you. And so when you start separating yourself even more so and start turning away in a different direction, and what is it that you want to create? So let's say, for example, uh, and I know for me, my limiting belief was I am not smart enough, uh, right to the point where I completed my PhD and I was still feeling that way. And so even so... As, you know, achieving my PhD, why is it that I still felt like I was not smart enough? Because I didn't do the deep work. Everything was external validation to prove to me that I was smart enough. But in fact, I had to do the deep work. It doesn't matter what you do externally, because it's just adding a bandage over your limiting belief. But when you actually do the deep work and really find out why you know, what is the purpose of your limiting belief? Because everything has a purpose. Well, my purpose of my limiting belief was holding back, holding me back from being hurt again. It was keeping me safe because that's what that deeper part of your unconscious mind does. It actually does serve a purpose. And so when you can see that its purpose was to hold me in a safe uh, space, then I was able to work with my unconscious mind and create this new paradigm for myself. And so it was about letting go of this old narrative, which was an old narrative that was holding me back. That was actually a barrier for me to be my authentic self. Because to be your authentic self is to stand in your truth. And standing in truth can be really hard. I'm still practicing at Max. It's not easy. But standing in truth could be as simple as, I need some help. I can't do this on my own. Even during COVID, I saw, I saw leaders, you know, when I, I said to them, so if you were to stand in your truth, what would you say? If you had no fear, no obstacles, no limiting belief, how would you go about it? And they'd say, I would tell my team that I've never experienced this before. I don't know how to move forward from here, but I have faith in my team. And I reckon we together can do it and get through this. In, 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 a, in a collaborative way. So sometimes being vulnerable is standing in your truth. Sometimes even saying, I don't know the answer is standing in your truth. So being our authentic self is about letting go of all of these fears, these doubts, these limiting beliefs, these narratives that reside in our timeline that no longer serve us. Wow, you know, there's there's so much great stuff there. And one thing I really wanna wanna highlight here is that all of these things in our lives that hold us back, whether it's unconscious limiting beliefs, whether it's negative habits, uh, unhelpful emotions or thoughts, they usually serve a purpose, right? Which is to to protect us, to make us feel good, to avoid you know pain and suffering or uh, being thrown out of a group or whatever it is. And so they serve this this inherent purpose. But still, they make us feel less than we could be, right? Yeah. And so they hold us back from being who we truly could be, trying to protect this tiny little ego. Yeah. Um, and so, so, like you're saying, right, befriending that, accepting the fact that, hey, this does serve a purpose of trying to make you feel good or whatever it is, yeah. but it's not actually really working. Yeah. That really is of key to, to making sure that then you can re, re, really reframe the whole situation, right, and, and change it to something more empowering. Mm. And you mentioned the word ego. Ego is what uh, holds us back. Ego is what keeps us stuck in those fears and those doubts and who do you think you are and you're not, you know, whatever that may be, you don't deserve this. Um, 
You should fe be feeling guilty because of whatever. You should be feeling shame. So ego keeps us stuck. But when we're talking about standing in our truth and be our authentic self, that is standing within, you know, I, I call it soul, higher self, whatever you want to call it, our true self. Uh, so ego does. It's, it's that little voice in your head that will tell you uh, the stories that will say, don't do this, Catherine. They will judge you. Don't do this, Catherine. They will reject you. Don't do this, Catherine, because you might fail. Now, you know, when I actually hear this voice, I'm like, thank you. I, I, I really, because everything does. If we can look at it, there's a purpose and it serves us. I say, thank you. But I no longer need that narrative because I believe that um, if I fail, then this is how I grow. And from failure, when I do fail, I look at what is it that I've learned? What am I going to do differently next time? And how can I share my learnings? So to me, you know, the fear of failure doesn't exist anymore. Fear of success does a little bit sometimes. And it all comes down to fear of judgment, fear of abandonment. What will people think of me? All of those things. But when we can be conscious enough to hear that voice, we can shift the story and the narrative. And it is about befriending. It's not about the more that we resist it. And I used to say, my ego is not my amigo. The more that I keep pushing it away, it's going to get louder, right? But then if I have compassion and curiosity and want to integrate and work with it and do it in a loving way, get out of my head and into my heart, then you really start connecting with it. And this is where the true magic really happens, when you can start shifting and dissipating some of this uh, uh, matter that, you know, is around us, that exists around us. Because um, we do, we have, I always say, we have the power to change and create and manifest anything that we desire. We just have to believe it. And belief is a big thing, belief and faith. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Now, Catherine, I know that you have one of probably the coolest or at least earliest morning starts I've, I've ever actually heard of. So could you share with us um, really what that daily process now looks like for you of really you know, developing yourself internally starting at 3.30 a.m.? Yeah. So I get up. I uh, light a candle. It's my, it's my ritual. I have my morning pages and I've been doing my journaling. Um, and I journal whatever, it just, it, I just allow it to come through, whatever the words. It could be as simple as, you know, people say, how do you just journal? Um, sometimes, look, everyone's different. Initially, I could go in and ask questions. So um, what do I do from here? What next? How can I, whatever is going on at that time. I think questions for me, asking deep thought-provoking questions is a great way to start. This is how I uh, got to write the book, Getting to the Heart of Matter. And this is how I healed myself, by asking a lot of questions. And what got you here? You know, and how are we going to get you somewhere else kind of thing? So the more that we can ask these questions. So journaling for me is writing and I write for, oh, I don't even know until I stop. Um, then mm. I do a meditation and I do a meditation until I feel I really, this, this, I, there's a, a feeling that I sense that I'm ready and I'm connected and my body is still enough to then do my visualization. So I have uh, things on um, these, my goals uh, on a little card. And what I do is when I read one, I visualize myself as if it has taken place. Remember, the unconscious mind cannot tell the difference between what is real and what is not real. So when I can start visualizing this picture is, is um, becoming more colorful, more real for me, this is when I have these insights that drop in. So I write down all my ideas because to me, these are the signs. I ask for signs. Show me the way. Show me the signs. Um, and then what I do is with that information, I make sure that every day I do seven things that are aligned to my goals or seven things that are aligned to my vision. And it could be as simple as uh, I might write three emails, make three phone calls and um, 
send a proposal out, you know, whatever it may be. So that is my morning ritual. So I prepare myself for the day. What's really important is I set an intention of what I want to achieve for the day. So basically, and I do this because Max, I was all over the place. I don't, I don't know about you, but I used to go like running and I used to be really busy for the sake of being busy without actually realizing that I was avoiding dealing with some of the deep stuff that I had to lean into, some of the uncomfortable stuff. Um, so that's that's it. So I get up, I do my uh, morning pages, I do my meditation, I do my visualization, my goals. So I'm very clear about my goals and then my actions for the day. So I'll set my intention today. These are my intentions. I'm going to contact seven clients via LinkedIn or whatever that may be. So that is my morning ritual. You know, I love especially this, this power of actually setting an intention being absolutely completely clear on exactly how you want to live. Because the big challenge for most of us is if we don't set that intention and we just randomly wake up, right? The alarm rings and you wake up on a random Saturday and you don't have any plans for the day, you're going to waste it, right? Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. There's no drive there. There's no reason to get up and start moving and start doing things because you're like, I've got all day. I don't know what to do, right? Yeah. And so that's why most people just sit on a couch, right? Eating junk yeah. food and doing whatever it is they're doing, right? They don't so plan their day. This. They don't yes. plan it. And to me, it's like if you don't plan your day, you don't plan your life, it's like getting in the car and not knowing where you're going to go. Yeah. You know, it's like if you if you plan a trip to go to Europe, for example, we were talking about Europe before we got on the show, you plan the destination, where you're going to go, how long you're going to spend there, you book your hotels, you know, a business and your life is exactly the same. You need to map out your life and your day, you know, and it could be as simple as some of the leaders that I work with. Uh, it's it's having a look at where are your pain points in your life. So have a look at the areas that are not working for you and what is it that you need to do in that space. So setting an intention could be as simple as, let's say a leader has a team and sometimes I get, the leader will say to me, I don't, I don't know how to influence my team. Okay. So then we start digging deep and it could be as simple as this particular leader needs to listen more. Okay. And so this leader could set an intention today. I'm going to listen more and talk less. So I'm going to listen 80% of my day and 20% of my day, I might just ask thought-provoking questions, but that's all I'm going to do and see what happens. See the shift, see the changes that take place in your day. So setting an intention is very, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And what's, what's really aligned with this also is this, uh, this concept that you talk about of giving away your power. This is also one of the, the big reasons that I find why people sort of go through the days without actually doing anything. So can you share with us what, what is this idea of giving your power away? Mm, I love this question. So giving your power away, I used to say this all the time, if you want to empower people, give them power. But it doesn't mean give them your power. And I've just learned this myself um, because for me it was all about boundaries. And so when we're talking about power, I was giving so much of my power away in this way. So Max, if someone would say, Catherine, can you do this? I would say, yes, I'm the yes woman. I was the yes woman, right? Giving my power away is also um, not just giving my time and energy, but also thoughts. So if I had a conversation with someone and it, it made me feel not quite right, even thinking about that person and thinking about, the conversation and even, you know, and I'm talking about marinating on the conversation, right, and staying stuck in the conversation. That's another way of giving your power away. You can give your power away by uh, just giving something too much attention that is not worthy of your time. So I look at it this way. The way that I help myself hang on to my boundaries is to make sure that, uh um, I'm not giving my power away is look at it this way when something happens I'll always say where is my energy right now is it outside externally so when my energy is externally which is I'm focusing externally I'm giving my power away when my power is in within me so my energy is within me and I always say drop into your heart because when we are, and we are, everyone's different, but we are very much of the mind. We think, we analyze, we overprocess. When you drop into your heart, it's a different energy. So power can sit, some people prefer to drop in their gut, whatever, but you need to be in your body. 
that is how you hang on to your power. When you are externally focused about, let's even say, when you're talking about um, fear of judgment, fear of what people might say, fear of abandonment and fear of rejection, you're giving your power away. You're giving your power away to fear. Limiting beliefs, doubt, all of these things, you're giving your power away. Doubt, fear, all of these act as a wall, as a barrier of who we want to be, our authentic self. So it's really important. And this comes back to being conscious. You know, where is my power? Sometimes when I think about something and I go, I'll ask myself the question of, Catherine, do you have any control over this? No, I am giving away my power to stuff that I have no control over. Because the only thing I do have control over is what I think, what I feel, what I eat, what I drink, the things that are in my body, I have control over. I am giving myself power. And you find, and I find, you'll find there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are burnt out, stressed, overwhelmed, can't get into, like wonder why they work so hard and their business is not just landing for them because they are giving their power away. When you start being more conscious and realizing, and power is giving away time, not just energy, time. When you give away your time, so for example, I've just made a decision when I was um, just this week, I write a lot and I, I love writing and I do podcasts and um, I, I do, I'll do anything to give to people. But the thing is when you give so much away, you're, you're disempowering yourself because there's no exchange, right? There's no exchange. So the other thing I, I was looking at is like how if I'm um, giving all this power away, I'm always feeling burnout and tired, what is it that I need to let go of? And so letting go of doing this work uh, and be more smarter with my work rather than working harder as a way to hold my power within. So, I mean, this we could talk about this all day. There's so many ways, but these are kind of the most common ways to hang on to power. Well, yeah, it sounds like really this, there's a multitude of, of ways in which we can lose our power or on the positive side also gain power back. For those of our listeners, they're realizing, hey, I'm giving so much of my power, of my energy, of my time, of my focus to other things, whether that's other people that are sort of trying to make demands on your time, whether that's certain tasks that really are unnecessary, whether it's watching news too much. And I've, I've seen a lot of people with that, right? They're just constantly five hours a day, whatever, watching the news, reading the news, obsessing over that and giving that power away to that. Yes. And so the way to really take that back then is, is like you say, that presence, that awareness, that consciousness of, of where our time actually goes, right? Yeah. And one of the, the practices that really changed that for me was um, really literally tracking every single minute of my day, just for a week. Right. right? I tracked every single minute of my day trying to figure out where my time, my attention actually goes. Yeah. And when I did it, I was, I was shocked, right? I was yeah. shocked at just wasting so much time in between tasks. It's so many tiny little things that really do not serve any kind of grand purpose, right? They're yeah. just sort of about getting through the day. And so yeah. this is really a great tool or, or just like you say, right? That meditation, that visualization, setting that intention. Yeah. All of that really helps to clarify where you want to spend the time. Yeah, and the best way, the way, and you talked about the news, the news is a prime example of giving your power away because if you stay in your center and staying in your center is like, I don't watch the news, I don't read the news. Staying in your center is not being pulled out of your center by the news, social media. I know people have gone down the rabbit, rabbit hole with social media like YouTube, you name it. Um, I call it the black hole. Um, all social media is a black hole to me. Uh, so to me, yep. it's like, look at where are you investing your time? And I love it when I work with some entrepreneurs, I say, Catherine, I don't have the time. I'm like, okay, let's document your time just for seven days. Let's see where you invest your time. And some of the stuff would be Facebook that will come up. I'll say, time yourself. When you go on Facebook, you know, they might spend 20, 30 minutes a day, some more, mm. um, you know, Netflix, what, binging on Netflix, whatever that may be. And when they realize that, you know, I always say eight hours sleep, eight hours of um, work and eight hours of your time. And then that eight hours yeah. is what are you going to do with your time? For me, I'd rather feed my brain with reading. Uh, I, I'll watch some things, uh, but the things that are educational for me. 
So I'm very conscious about how I empower myself. Yeah, you know, I, I love this because I, I absolutely agree with, with this idea that there's always enough time to get the things done that matter most in your life. If only you're willing to sort of cut out all of the stuff that really isn't essential. And, and yeah, by, by tracking that, writing down how much yeah. time you actually spend on all the stuff that really doesn't matter, you realize like I have so much time available to do the things that really would move my life forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the best way. I mean, and you can do it so easy. You can just get a um, like Excel spreadsheet the you know, Monday to Sunday, all the times, like every half an hour, and then actually document what you do. Uh, and, and it will blow your mind when you, I mean, like you said, you've done it and you tracked your time. It's amazing how much time you can give yourself back when you do an exercise like that. So it's worth seven days of your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Catherine, one of the big things that comes up when people attempt to make these new changes is, is resistance, mm. right? That's that internal feeling maybe of anxiety, of fear, of stress that inevitably comes up whenever we attempt something new. Or maybe it's even outside people, right? It's friends, it's family, it's our boss, our coworkers. They're like, you've never you know, worked out before. Like, why, why are you doing that now? So how do people deal with sort of this, this resistance that inevitably comes up when you're trying to reinvent yourself? Mm, I love that question. Resistance is a sign that when you ever feel resistance, that is actually the sign for you to lean in and do the very thing that you are afraid of. So when I work with high-performing leaders, they are constantly seeking um ways to make themselves feel uncomfortable and that's why it's really important about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable so the resistance is your your ego your unconscious mind your limiting beliefs saying no 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 Catherine don't make the change because your brain actually doesn't like to change so it's holding you back right and so what you need to do is actually let go of the resistance and do it anyway because that is how we grow that is how we evolve that is how we bust out of our stories and those limiting beliefs. The resistance is your, some people have visceral effects, like, you know, they start shaking. Uh, I've worked with groups for public speaking. And by the time they finish the uh, program, they're like, because public speaking is up there, one of the scariest things you can do. Sometimes yeah. people say public speaking is scarier than death, right? Yeah. But then they do this, you know, and I get them to do like a two minute talk in front of the class, right? Uh, on every time we catch up and, you know, you'd be shaking their boots and it's like, what is the fear telling you? And once again, it's fear of judgment, fear of rejection, fear of making a mistake, whatever that may be. And then I say, okay, let's park fear to the side. And we put a little cross on the floor and say, let's fear, let, put, let fear there. Now step into your authentic self and speak from your heart. So when, because resistance lives in the mind, resistance is the stories, Catherine, don't do that. You're going to fear, you're going to make a fool of yourself. You know, and we've done this um, uh, uh, test when people used to speak and say, um, 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 soon as we bring light to, okay, you're using filler words, right? So they'd go up on stage and, and go, I can't use, um, don't use, um, don't use, um, well, just the fact you're saying don't use, um, your mind is focused on the, um, because your unconscious mind speaks the language of pictures, right? So if you're saying don't do that, it doesn't hear the don't, it forms a picture of you standing there going, um, um, um. So what we do is get them to drop into their heart, let go of the fear. So the fear is there. So once again, it's creating separation from the resistance. And then standing in your authentic self. And now what are you doing differently? And when they're speaking from their heart and being the authentic self, it's so different. So any form of resistance, whatever resistance, whether it's, it's um, you know, a fear of asking somebody else, uh, out a fear of um, uh, asking for a pay rise, whatever that might be, whatever that fear is, it's what you need to step into and lean into. The moment you do, it actually dissipates. And the more that you do this, the more that you step into the resistance, the more you will evolve and grow. And then the resistance will almost, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but I have less resistance now knowing that it has no power of me. Understanding the resistance. When I feel resistance, it means, Catherine, go for it. 
So when I do, and high-performing leaders do that, when they feel the resistance, they go, this is what I need to do. And when they become complacent, they actually look for things that make them feel uncomfortable. They actually look at ways that I can feel resistance as a way to grow and evolve. Yeah, you know, Catherine, I, I love this so much because I truly fundamentally believe that that resistance and fears and anxieties and facing all of these things that we really don't want to face is the key to change and is the key to, to personal and professional self-growth. And, and so to me, it comes back to, to this intention, right? To be intentional about actually seeking out that difficulty, right? Because sometimes life isn't that difficult and we deliberately seek that out to, to get to that next level of our lives, right? Mm. And then also to when we, when we experience that anxiety or we experience that fear to deliberately changing our focus, yeah. right? Like you're saying, right? Away from that fear, away from thinking about all of the stuff that could potentially go wrong when you approach that random stranger or when you give that talk to what can go right like what mm. beautiful thing can happen out of this right you can form this incredible new romantic relationship or you can give the presentation it's going to change someone's life whatever that is and yeah. sometimes just that little focus right yeah. like that little shift in perspective mm. really changes the meaning and therefore the, the whole emotional reaction that you get yeah so and the other, what you saying the other thing you talked about anxiety anxiety also creates a resistance and so when we look at where is your thinking now, it's always, so anxiety, there's research that shows anxiety is when we're stuck in the future and we think too much about the future and depression is when we're stuck in the past. And so you can see that a lot of the times when we have resistance or things that are holding us back, we're actually not being present. Uh, and when you think about being present, there, really the now is all that exists. And so when we want to make those changes, it's, it starts with the now. We use, uh, we do exercises with future projection. So the future projection is um, how do we create new belief system? And when we can activate all the senses as if it's taken place, what are you experiencing? What are you feeling? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Then we come back into the now. When we do these kind of exercises, it helps let go of the resistance because the, once again, the mind can't tell the difference between what is real and what is not real. But what it does do is when we can actually start believing that there is this new self, what happens is the brain has the, um, the um, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of what it's called. It's going to say prefrontal cortex, <laughs> but it's not the prefrontal cortex. But what it does, it's uh, the, re the uh, reticular activating system. The reticular, um. the reticular activating system activates because it's seen the future, it's experienced it, it's felt it. Mm. And so then what it does, it seeks evidence to prove that it's real. A lot of um, sports, uh, professional sports people use, the, use this technology of future pacing, visualizing as if and imagining as if now activating all the senses and then coming back into the self to actually activate the reticular activating system. Yeah, that, that's such a beautiful tool, really, right? To, to go into the future, create that belief, and then bring it back into the present moment and learn really how to embody the future now, essentially, right? To feel yeah. confident before you've, you know, gone to an Olympic final, right? And yeah. won that game, right? Yeah. To feel confident before you go into the interview, yeah. right? To feel happy before your life is this picture-perfect fairy dream tale, right? That's it. You, and you said embody. That's why that's really important. You need to embody it because that's why you need to be in your body to actually live and breathe this, this uh, belief system. It, it's really important. It doesn't live in the mind. It believes in, it sits in the body. And that is how we bring forward these new belief systems is when we can actually shift the dimension here, build our future and bring it forward to then attract uh, those things to us. Absolutely love that. Now, Catherine, what do you think is the biggest thing that usually holds people back from really transforming themselves? The biggest thing. Oh, wow. That's, it's very case to case basis, but I think <laughs> that I guess that some of the biggest things that hold people back is the fear. Uh, I think fear is, and that's why I say it's false evidence appearing real. So the fear of um, uh, failure, even fear of success, I see a lot of entrepreneurs really fear of success, fear of standing light purely because of fear of being judged, uh, fear of rejections, people are not going to like me, they're not going to think I'm good enough. Um, 
but there's so many it's you know some of the some of the things that sometimes are holding people back is I'm not worthy of this promotion I'm not worthy of this money I'm not worthy of this relationship so I think it is a case-to-case basis it's not really one thing but I guess the the biggest thing is I'm not good enough I am not worthy uh fear of success fear of failure because then underneath all of those uh you'll see there'll be the fear of rejection judgment and so forth yeah I love that now, if you could give our listeners just one challenge or one action step to take away from this and really start applying today, what would be that one thing? Do the deep work. So I think that doing the deep work, and I think people shun away from doing the deep work because they don't want to face in or lean into those shadow aspects of themselves. And, you know, the more light that you can bring to those shadow aspects, which, you know, this is where the limiting beliefs, the fears resides, the doubts resides, whatever that may be, or who we think we are, our identity, um, the more we do that deep work, the and I'm talking about if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, if you want to be successful in a relationship, if you want to be successful as a business person, whatever that may be, doing the deep work, will help you be successful in those areas. Otherwise, these patterns of whatever keeps going on in your life will keep happening until you do the deep work. Yeah, so important. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners find you online? So you can go to my website. I think everything's on there. It's uh, katherineplano.com and uh, I've got free stuff on there. I've got all my blogs on there. I write what it, you know, and I write a lot about this stuff, uh, a lot of around leadership as well. Uh, and also podcasts. I talk to the most amazing people all over the world who share their stories. So yeah, katherineplano.com. Awesome. Now, what does it mean for you to max out your life? Max out my life? Yes. What does it mean to max out my life? I think to max out my life is actually to live my life to the fullest potential and to be my authentic self as often as possible because I know that's something I'm still working through. I haven't perfected it, but it is something that is an intention and it is a focus. That is how I would max out my life. Love that. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so very much, Max. It's been awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to, you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. To really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.